welcome to the Alpine Threat and Fraud Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss business approaches to reduce risk, improve regulatory compliance, and accelerate public safety. So this is a pretty broad subject, and each episode will focus on specific challenges, technologies, and roles that are relevant as we seek to protect our assets, our organizations, employees, and generally to keep the bad guys away. My name is Earl Stevens, and I'm the Director of Threat and Fraud here at Alpine Consulting. I'm joined by Stan Duda, who is Alpine's founder and CEO. Stan, why don't you go ahead and kick off this episode? Welcome to part two of our two-part series on fraud and cryptocurrency. In our previous episode, we talked a little bit about uh, blockchain technologies and the types of fraud that happen at the macro level. In this episode, we're going to continue the discussion and move from big macro type fraud schemes that can affect many users or even whole markets to more micro fraud or schemes that affect individual users. So to me, these micro fraud schemes are more concerning as an individual user or an investor in crypto. So as we learn a little bit, uh, as we learn a little bit more from the last episode, there are other parties that bear a lot of the risk associated with macro fraud. You know, for example, if hackers manage to break into an exchange and steal crypto, the exchange will usually cover the losses and make the individual investor whole. Likewise, in a 51% attack, mining pools and exchanges will usually be able to anticipate those types of events, will take steps halting the trading or warn the market overall. Um, in, in micro fraud schemes also, uh, individual users are targeted and exploited, and individual users bear all of the risk and losses. So let's dig into these fraud schemes, Earl. You bet. Thanks, Dan. And I, I think uh, right off the bat, let's talk about the first type of micro fraud, which is malware and ransomware. So this is a modern nightmare scenario. So let's say you get up one morning, you check your email, and you notice a message from your bank, and it says, check your account balance. And your heart drops, you click on the link in a hurry to check your balance, and then your screen flickers and an aggressive, misspelled, all caps message pops up and it says, oops, your files have been encrypted. So your heart drops even further. You want to use your computer again? Well, you're going to have to send a Bitcoin payment of about 300 bucks in order to decrypt your files. And you better do it quick or your files will be gone forever. So unfortunately, these scams are pretty common. Chances are you may know somebody who's been victimized by this, and there's not much you can do except pay. Uh, These scammers are pretty hard to trace. They're likely thousands of miles away, and the value of your computer and the ransom are small enough that your local police department probably isn't going to do much to help you out there. So screen-locking ransomware generated more than a billion in revenue for scammers last year, and it cost businesses more than $8 billion. So they paid the ransom, then they spent a bunch of more money trying to figure out why it happened, and then spent more money to ensure that it didn't happen again. And we've got uh, an article on the blog that accompanies this podcast uh, that gives you some more uh, statistics on the ransomware and and malware, some of the problems that are associated there. So Stan, you want to talk about the next uh, microfraud? I will. Uh, just to tie in back to your previous one, it's interesting. We had a, a good friend and actually a, a client of ours that had a denial of service attack. And their their business was uh, really futures-based trading, which took down their trading system, essentially. 
and and kind of the inability to to conduct or perform trades from an online point of view. So suffice to say, those types of ransomware attacks are quite prevalent and very very costly. That that was a small attack for them, but it cost them quite a little bit uh, in terms of the impact of their customer base. Um, Ouch. Yeah, bad bad stuff. So it's the, the next one, let's talk a little bit about uh, stealing power and computing resources. So cryptocurrency mining usually requires a lot of computing resources and electricity. Scammers can steal both from you in a number of ways, really. At, uh, at the small end of the spectrum, there are plenty of examples of college kids that are taking advantage of quote-unquote, free power in their dorms to run a miniature mining farm. Uh, some schools and churches have also discovered Bitcoin miners stashed away in janitorial closets or tucked away in the computer lab or server room. Uh, the smallest of Bitcoin mining rigs can easily run up a power bill of $100 or more each month. Uh, I can personally attest to this in some of our exploration and trying to, to learn a little bit about it. The power bill went up substantially, like it was actually one small Bitcoin miner, but a fairly productive one. And it went up uh, about $150 a month on just the electricity usage for that device, but also about $300 a month from a cooling air conditioning point of view, because the things generate so much darn heat. So uh, close to home and reality. So there's, there's been some examples of legitimate miners who can't resist uh, padding their bottom line by stealing power. And they've been able to think up some ways pretty creatively to do that. In China, one Bitcoin miner stealthily laid power cables through a fish pond and tapped into electricity uh, supplying an oil rig. He, he stole about $8,000 of electricity to power his 20 Bitcoin mining machines. Um, another Chinese man tapped into a railway network and managed to steal about $15,000 in electricity. It's unclear how much Bitcoin the individuals themselves are able to mine, but the free electricity definitely makes their mining operations substantially more profitable. Yeah, without without those increased costs, you know, it, it would really make a, a huge impact on, on your profitability, to say the least. So it's a good idea to watch your power bill. You might want to monitor what is using your computer's CPU resources as well. Uh, hackers from thousands of miles away can tap your power and your computing resources. Individuals can be targeted by malware that hijacks their computers and home networks and uses them to mine uh, cryptocurrency. It, uh, it can affect both the home network and, and computers. On the corporate side, there have been you know, a number of examples where the entire corporate data centers are being infected and used for mining. I had a client in which we were engaged at, and basically when, when they were using uh, all the computers, kind of pooling the power to identify other stars out in the network and stuff, there was one of the uh, contractors that was working on site that thought he was doing you know the world a, a big favor by installing this software to run on all these computers that were around the office. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Huge, huge impact, and uh, suffice to say, he didn't last long after that. But it, it's just similar in nature, where you don't realize uh, he thought he was doing a good thing, and ultimately the impact, both to their network and uh, bandwidth and power, was huge, huge cost to to the companies. So the smart scammers will try and stay under the radar, knowing that they'll quickly be discovered if they try to hijack all of the computing power. So. They're willing to be patient and are, are content to use your infrastructure sparingly, usually during the night or on weekends, etc. 
to make money for as long as they can. And again, keeping an eye on your power usage and computing resources is really an important uh, part of it. it. It may seem insignificant, but quickly it'll, it'll ring up the bill. Uh, if you're interested in reading more about the, the stories that we talked about, the uh, Chinese citizens stealing electricity, you know, stringing cables through fish ponds and stealing it from railroad networks, uh, we've got those articles posted on the blog post as well. A pretty interesting read and people get creative uh, on these kinds of scams. So let's talk about the next micro fraud scam. And that's, it's kind of a variation of one that's been around for a while. It's the customer service tech support fraud. And it's, and it's aimed at individual account holders or crypto holders. And it involves a customer service representative calling to notify you of a server upgrade or some technical event that's going to make it necessary for you to temporarily remove your cryptocurrency to a secure location. You'll be provided with an ad- address and you'll be asked to transfer your crypto to that address immediately to ensure that your assets won't be lost during that server upgrade or whatever technical event that they're having. So no reputable wallet provider or exchange would ever ask you to do that. They've got backup systems. They've got things in place so that your crypto is not going to get lost. If you do receive a call or a notification like this, the only action you should take is to report it, uh, report that event to your exchange or your wallet provider. And this is a big enough problem that the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center issued a public service announcement warning of this type of customer service fraud. And again, this type of scam has been around for a long time, and it's traditionally targeted at elderly people or others who aren't as tech savvy. You know, we saw this when Windows 95 came out. A lot of people, you know, were just new into computers. These types of scams were run. Uh, And it, you know, we're kind of in the same similar era with cryptocurrency. Most people don't know a whole lot about it. So if somebody calls and sounds like they're appropriately knowledgeable or have some expertise and they have the appropriate level of uh, urgency, we may fall for a scam similar to how our parents or grandparents might react when somebody calls and tells them that their computer has a virus and needs to be fixed immediately. And so there's, uh, again, there's another article that we posted out there about the uh, public service announcement issued by the FBI and some information to help you uh, avoid that kind of fraud. Yeah. And that that's a, it, it may seem far-fetched, but that's a very real uh, scam. My brother's uh, elderly mother-in-law actually fell prey to to that particular crime, unfortunately, and they dinged her a relatively small amount of $250. I suspect had uh, one of the kids not intervened, uh, once she explained what had happened, it would have ended up costing substantially more. It still caused a lot of hassle having to you know cancel the credit card and obtain new one and all that jazz. It, it, it was... It was nuts. Some of the other, um, some of the other stuff, for example, like uh, shady exchanges and wallets. You know, we talked about scams related to bogus cryptocurrencies and fraudulent ICOs already. There are also unscrupulous crypto exchanges and wallets that exist to scam their users. So, like most scams, these outfits will promise something attractive or unique. Uh, that isn't available through other providers. Sometimes they'll promise anonymity uh, or they'll allow you to, to trade on ridiculous amounts of leverage. So whatever they promise, it'll be a lot better than you're receiving with your current provider. Don't take the bait. Choose a wallet and exchange that are mature, reputable, and licensed uh, to do business you know, in your country or region. Your wallet provider 
in exchange are, are the guardians of your crypto assets. And you need to be confident that they have your best interest in mind for sure. Um, on our blog, we've posted an article that provides a pretty exhaustive ranking of about 110 exchanges that operate in the market today. If you're just starting in crypto, we recommend that you utilize an exchange listed in the top 10 of these rankings. As you move down the list, you start seeing some red flags in so far as like governance or legal authority or operations, security, and customer service. You've done your research on the cryptocurrency itself, but we also recommend that you put some effort in researching the firms that you'll entrust to store the pro- and process your cryptocurrency. Again, in the in the blog, we've got uh, a link to that that ranking, and it and it's definitely worth a, a quick read. And that that's a good segue. We want to move into providing some advice on how to avoid crypto fraud. I think that link where the exchanges and the wallet providers are ranked is kind of an overarching theme for doing your due diligence, just making sure that you research uh, the cryptocurrency itself, the exchanges and the wallets that are used. There's even some hardware devices out there where you can cold store your crypto. Just make sure that all of this is legit. Don't buy some device on Amazon.com that's that's out of some random no-name brand out of China. People can backdoor those things and steal your crypto. No other advice. Just make sure you understand what you're uh, buying into. So let's get into some specific recommendations that we have to help you avoid crypto fraud. If you're buying crypto, number one, use a reputable wallet and exchange. Know where that company is based. Do you trust the country where that company is based? Are they licensed to do business in your region? To buy crypto, most reputable providers will require you to go through Know Your Customer or KYC processes that are similar to opening a bank account. Now, if you're using crypto for things that are illegal or shady, you probably don't want to go through that process because you want to stay anonymous. But the opposing side of that is if you don't go through the KYC processes, you know, the, the way crypto is going, the bad things that you do now, they'll be able to track you down in the future and seize your, you know, your wallet or your assets. And so it's a good idea to go through that KYC processes and do things legitimately so that uh, your activity going forward and looking backward is, is protected down the road. Um, again, a lot of these people see the KYC processes as an invasion of your privacy but those processes are the law. We're in the United States and to open a bank account, you've got to provide a driver's license, a passport, a couple forms of ID. They verify your residence, uh, just make sure that they know their, uh, who they're doing business with. And right now the crypto ecosystem is truly the wild west. And if you're looking to hide your funds and activities from the government, you can definitely do that right now. Uh, but remember, most cryptocurrencies use a fully transparent, unchangeable public ledger, and you may be able to get away with some shady stuff now, but you should never assume that your crypto activities will be anonymous in perpetuity. Since that ledger persists, they can always go back and connect the dots and figure out who you are. In the U.S., we're starting to see some providers freeze the accounts of people who send and receive crypto to and from bad actors. So it's a good idea for you to know who you're doing business with as well. And finally, if you get an email or phone call from your wallet or exchange asking you to transfer your crypto out of your account to somewhere else, you need to be extremely wary of that. Uh, as mentioned previously, this is a common scam. No reputable provider is going to ask you to do that. And you should assume that they're merely trying to separate you from your your money and your assets. Really 
is to think ahead that use extreme caution with your accounts and on your online activity overall. You know, that's uh, kind of to your last point there, especially if you get a call asking to to move your crypto out of out of a wallet, would you immediately be concerning? They've got some other uh, technologies that really kind of help with this. So you could use two-factor authentication on your crypto apps. So if you store crypto online or are on your phone, you really want to be sure to enable that. And you can use uh, Google Authenticator, uh, which which I recently actually started using and it's been, it's been pretty good uh, and simple, very simple to set up. Um, keep your phone, your computer, or any other device that you use to access your crypto patched and up to date both in terms of any antivirus or malware that you've got, or even the operating system, especially uh, we've seen, you know, obviously a larger number of attacks under Microsoft-based uh, operating system, purely because the the volume as a percentage of installation of, of Windows is much greater than many of the other platforms, of course, but it also has made it a higher value target because most of the most of the people operate under that. You want to be wary of unsolicited emails and text messages, especially anything that comes with an attachment or a link. Be very, very concerned about those. And I actually, unless you know the person, would absolutely avoid clicking or opening any of those. Use a reputable browser and an ad blocker. Uh, Malware and ransomwares can be embedded within online ads and browser extensions and really cause a lot of havoc. Even going back to some of the encryption and holding uh, holding your ransom, a lot of, that's how a lot of those things begin. Yeah, you bet. And if you if you want to, you know, blow a half hour, um, just do some research online about malware, ransomware embedded in ads. It, it's pretty scary. Um, and the and the big ad uh, providers, Google, Facebook, this is a big problem that they're concerned about and are constantly vigilant and making sure that uh, folks don't do those types of things. So the ads, I think, are especially scary. Um, I, I guess our our final bit of advice here is, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So take a hard look at any company or application that promises you abnormally higher, fast returns. You know, we talked about this a bit more in uh, uh, our previous episode, but that's a sign of a signature Ponzi scheme. If it's too good to be true, if it sounds really great, uh, there's probably something shady going on. Initial coin offerings are particularly risky. Do your research. If you're technical, seek out white papers. Review the GitHub repository. If they're not transparent about the purpose of the token or the technology behind it, it's a good bet that it's a scam and they're trying to rely on sheer hype, FOMO, good old-fashioned snake oil salesmanship to separate you from uh, from your money. And beware of the FOMO as well. FOMO is fear of missing out. Uh, crypto is extremely volatile. Daily price swings of 10% or more are the norm in this space. You know, for example, this week, Bitcoin has gone from just under $10,000 to over 13000 It's just ricocheting all over the place. And so it's easy to get caught up in the euphoria when prices are going upward. You can go on the net and find all kinds of stories by people who have done ridiculous things like maxing out their credit cards or they've invested their home equity, um, things like that. And we talked about this a bit in the previous uh, episode, and I want to just want to touch on that again, but the Wall Street Journal published a great article in January entitled A Flood of Questionable Cryptocurrency Offerings. And so they reviewed over 3,000 crypto offerings out there and identified over 500 major 
uh, with major red flags. So we'll include that link once again. I think it's so good that uh, it probably deserves a second pass. It's another great resource if you're considering investing in crypto or getting into it. You know, know who the reputable providers are and where maybe some of the red flags fly. Very good. Well, I think that's all we've got for today, Earl. Thanks for your time and uh, all your knowledge and expertise. And thank you, Stan. It's been a pleasure today. You bet. Take care. Thanks again for joining us for these past two episodes on crypto fraud. Here at Alpine Consulting, we certainly understand that, like the Wild West, there are equal measures of opportunity and risk in the world of crypto. On one hand, our e-commerce clients are starting to ask questions about the possibilities of accepting cryptocurrency payments on their websites. On the other hand, some of our financial services clients are concerned about the fraud, compliance, and liability issues in the crypto ecosphere. We understand both sides of that virtual magic internet coin. Uh, When it comes to your business, if you're curious about the benefits of cryptocurrency or nervous about the risks, reach out to us here at Alpine. We're happy to discuss your needs and share experiences we've had and the solutions that are working for our clients. Reach out to us via our website, alpineinc.com, or via your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for spending time with us, and have a great day.